You're with Julian Lebrano and a review of The Northman. Now, Roger Eggers, the director, American director, uh, came on the scene in 2017 with The Witch, which was, oh, 2015 with The Witch. One of the defining films of the last decade for me, Anna Taylor-Joy, I don't remember seeing her before in the lead role, and this incredible Puritan horror movie um, set at the time of the first Puritans arriving in America and dealing with their religious piousness combined with superstitions that were real for them because uh, they were growing crops and failing and dying of starvation and stuff like that. So all these things were very different to how they'd be perceived now and it was a masterpiece. There's the only rival in A24 law for me uh, that brilliant studio, or as a horror film that decade, I think is um, hereditary. Uh, equal joint first for me. I uh, loved it. And the lighthouse uh, that followed uh, another art house triumph, the most art house film he'd made. He's taken over from the British uh, director Ben, I can't remember what his name is, um, that has gone off the boil with his version of Rebecca and some more mainstream fare, which has just been really lost it. But so far, Roger Eggers has not set foot out of his artistic vision at all to please anyone. The art house was this um, box frame, black and white, two-hander with a, a, a brilliant performance, probably the best before William Defoe performance I've seen, and Robert Pattinson stuck in a lighthouse beating seagulls to death. I said it was overrated when it came out, only because it got absolutely stellar reviews. I said it was really good. Um, but it's certainly an iconic film uh, and uh, it was a very interesting one. Well, he's gone maximalist and widescreen with The Northman, the um, Game of Thrones the movie. Oh, but it's so much more. Um, I had expectations of this film, um, which were that it was going to be his most commercial and um, big budget and so on and all of those things. And it's certainly his biggest budget film. It was a bit of a failure at the box office, but obviously it's going to be. Um, so this is, um, it, it took me like three quarters of this film to understand that it's a remake of Hamlet. So uh, one of the most famous Nordic stories uh, of all time is of Prince Armlet, uh, whose father, the king, is killed by the king's brother, and the king's brother then marries his own mother. And he has this, uh, he wanders the film before a climactic battle with the new king, uh, to, which um, consumes them both. And it took me like three quarters of, I think this story is so familiar. Prince Armlet. Oh, right. So obviously the most famous version of the Prince Armlet story is by William Shakespeare. Uh, which is probably the most famous play in human history. Um, and it, it, it broadly follows the same story. It just um, it, it is the Prince of Denmark sort of thing. Uh, it follows a king played by um, some really good people in this, played by Ethan Hawke, is the, is the king of this region, sort of in Denmark, and he's away a lot. His wife's Nicole Kidman. A lot of low-grade actors in this. And he's out at sea fighting battles and comes home and he's, uh, he's, it's, it's, he's kind of distant to his wife. You can tell that she's not happy. And the brother is also quite a dark character. Uh, 
Clay's Bang. He's a great actor in this. He's definitely going to get in some more American films. He's a brother of Ethan Hawke character, and he's quite dark. He's got his own child. I think he's, uh, whoever gave birth to that child's died. Uh, he's a very angry man. Um, and um, the uh, Alexander Skarsgård's Amleth. But we see a child version of Amleth at the start. And when his father, the Ethan Hawke character, and the young Prince Amleth go off into the forest, they're cornered by the Fjolnir, Fjolnir, the brotherless character, who then basically tells them that, you know, I'm going to murder you. You didn't see that coming. Which is true, he didn't. Um, and at this stage, William Defoe uh, turns up as well as like a seer. Uh, like a mythical sort of uh, a guy that you know, puts potions in fires. And it's on the way back from meeting him where a couple of prophecies come tr uh, are sort of foretold that he's murdered, the king's murdered by his brother. The brother takes over the kingdom and tries to kill the young Amleth, who escapes, cutting the nose off of his attempted assassin, who tells the new king that the boy's dead. But the new boy runs off and fi finds the most wonderfully named group of uh, medieval people in history, the Berserkers. Uh, see, it's kind of Russia, I guess, a bit. Uh, and they basically rape and pillage villages and all of this stuff. Uh, and they just go in and, and they get into this catatonic state where they end up around a campfire and chanting and they go and fight and... Um, became known as the Berserkers, uh, hence the term. Um, and during one of these raids where they just kill everyone and enslave everyone, it's a pretty brutal world. Um, the character of the now adult Armleth, played by Alexander Skarsgård, who's come a fair way as an actor beefcake playing Tarzan, given that he's um, opposite, again, Nicole Kidman in uh, Big Little Lies or something. He won, uh, I think he won an Emmy for that, for acting. Uh, this is his dream project. To, to, uh, he's, I think he's American-born, but his history is um, from the Nordic region. Um, he might have even been born over there. I'm not 100% sure. But he is a driving force behind this film being produced and written by um, Eggers himself, but Sean, who is an Icelandic poet, I believe, associated with Bjork. Um, <clears throat> so basically, he, he on one of these village expeditions where they murder everyone, a seer played by <laughs> Bjork, really, honestly, the, everything's just fitting in now. Um, she tells him of this um, prophecy uh, foretold, which is, you know, he has to go and um, he has to fight for his father's honour. He has to kill the uncle that killed his father and um, that's his fate, and he has no choice. And at that point, he then leaves the Berserkers and turns... He finds out that his uncle has actually been driven out of uh, the Danish region, or whatever it was called back then, by a much more powerful king, and is fleeing to Iceland to set up a new, smaller kingdom in Iceland and taking all his slaves with him to establish this colony in Iceland. He then turns himself into one of the slaves of this king. Obviously, the king has no idea who he is because he, he thought he died in childhood. So he goes to the island and uh, befriends a seer character, a female one played wonderfully by Anna Taylor-Joy. And over the rest of the movie, the plot of Hamlet 
plays out with um and and a bit like the um the green knight last year there are these sort of uh, metaphysical and supernatural encounters with beings along the way and he sort of obtains this indestructible sword from this big knight that then vanishes and the blue foxes of iceland come out and taunt the village where the new king's trying to establish a settlement and it's all incredibly atmospheric um and um, basically the alexander skarsgård character then sets out for revenge against all <coughs> and um what did I think of this? I think this is the best film I've seen this year and establishes Robert Eggers as the greatest current director in the world. Um, there is a lot to recommend about this film. I think as a retelling of Hamlet, it does so wonderfully. I found, I've watched it a few times. I found the um, cycle of the plot and the storyboard actually riveting, but the biggest shock I got is I thought this was going to be his most commercial film. This is closer to The Lighthouse than it is to Game of Thrones. This is still art house stuff. It doesn't make any concessions or take any prisoners. Um, the performances of the main crew, Skarsgård's never been better. Nicole Kidman, her character sits in the background doing nothing for a very long period of time until she has one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen. Uh, where she just uh, pops up in a meeting with um, Alexander Skarsgård and has just an oh, absolute masterpiece, and it turns everything on its head. There are, there are some great revelations along the way. The relationship with a brilliant Anna Taylor-Joy, who was one of my favourite actresses last year for Last Night in Soho and will be again for this film. She's excellent. Um, it's a harsh, brutal film. The cinematography should be awards winning by uh, Jaren Blaschk. Uh, it, is, it looks even better than The Green Knight. It's magnificent and um, I think maybe another film that makes use of Ireland. Not for these beautific rolling green valleys but for this very harsh abrasive landscape. And there are lots of um, uses of uh, sequences that happen with like the entire coloration of a particular scene or a particular environment is um all sort of tuned to you know sepia tones or very blue tones uh, and it just looks magnificent and um the soundtrack is equally awards worthy by robin carolan and sebastian gainsborough absolutely magnificent uh, medieval tribal rhythms and and it builds in intensity uh, throughout it's another absolutely striking thing so the direction is magnificent the acting's excellent uh the screenplay's excellent the cinematography's excellent the soundtrack's excellent uh and it builds up to this like end of lord of the rings crescendo which is magnificent um so this is the best film i've seen this year i think it's magnificent I think it establishes Eggers as probably the best director in the world. So I'm going to give The Northman a 9 and a half out of 10, which has not been done more than a couple of times in the last few years. 9.5 out of 10 for The Northman. Yes. Uh, this is 